Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host, and thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Again, I had to postpone that interview with uh, Linda Olson because, again, a lot of good news today. And I want to make sure that given that we don't believe that the mainstream media gives the coverage of the appropriateness it deserves of when the economy is doing right, what I did is I excerpted a couple parts of Biden's speech, about six minutes or so of it, and I'm going, to, I'm going to play that because I think we have to do, remember what I say all the time, we have to do our job to make sure the message gets out there. We can't depend on those who look for the thing that, that somehow bleeds the most, but let's try to keep people informed. And for everything that we learned here, let's keep informing, informing, and informing people. But anyhow, let me welcome my dear brothers and sisters. Bridge MCP says, hi all. Paul, I donated the other day. Bridge, thank you for donating to Paul. Paul Fleming says, I only have eight days to reach my goal. Please give to MS Society Donor Drive. Please go ahead and help. If you if you have the, the, the ability to do so, please support our brother Paul Fleming with the MS uh, Drive. By the way, Paul, I just want to tell you something. I, I rode the MS-150 from Houston to Austin, a 180-mile ride on the cycling, 10 years in a row. So um, know that I'm a big supporter as well. Yvette Avery Herod, welcome aboard. Buenas tardes. Hello, afternoon. Uh, who else is here? We've got E2247. Welcome aboard. May Wood says, how's everyone today? You feeling any better, Michael Rudden? I wanted to... As Michael said, he's away. He's listening away. Michael, uh, you know you have to give us an update. Let us know how you're feeling. Uh, we want to we want to know what kind of stuff's going on. We know you had some tests, etc. Please let us know how you're doing, Mr. AVQ. Michael Rudnan, we want to know. Yvette, I need to I need to give you some kudos. It seems like the Amazon in New York City has passed a union vote and that they are going to be the first Amazon union packaging plant so far in the country. Am I? Did I read all of that correct? Did I read that correct? All right, let's see. AVQ says, no update. Same as before, sore throat, tired, and the tests aren't still, aren't in until Sunday or Monday. Okay, well, we, we, we're wishing you uh, positive affirmations, uh, Rudnan, positive affirmations. Anyway, um, uh, if you're still here with us, uh, Yvette, let us know. Is it correct that that is a first, 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 and so far only part of Amazon that is unionized? If that's the case, wonderful. Good work, all of you guys. And I know you're going to keep up doing all that work that needs to get done. Paul Fleming says, Republicans are soft on Russia, but tough on diabetics. I know they voted to, on today off lowering the cost of medicine for diabetics. Sad. You know, if it's for war, you know what? They, I, I played that part for you guys a couple of days ago where one of the senators went on and said, whatever, however, whatever uh, Ukraine asks for, let them have it, give it to them because their democracy is at peril because they need support. Their lives depend on it. What happened to our diabetic citizens? Our diabetic citizens need support as well. Our diabetic, uh, I, 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 uh, our supporters need. Our diabetic citizens need support as well. Where is that support? Thank you very much. Anyhow, um, let me go ahead because I don't want to spend too much time on this. I'll give you guys a chance to read. I'm going to start today, however, with um, you know, recently Donald Trump has been really. You know what is it? Corralling again with um, with Putin asking Putin to do X, Y, and Z for him. And you know I've been waiting for a strong call out. So I have two clips today. The first one is from Senator um, Senator uh, Warner calling him out. Did a great job. And just before that had happened, however, Chuck Todd really let a Republican senator have it for the way he answered. But let's go ahead and play. I'm doing it out of order because I, I, there's a reason for that. I want you to listen to Senator Warner and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. 
Watch how Senator Warner came down hard on Donald Trump aided by Chuck Todd in this uh, in this particular segment. I think it is important for us to start doing this more often. You know, earlier on, I don't remember if you guys remember in 2015, etc. Donald Trump was always made very outrageous claims, etc., 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 and nobody held him to account. They just looked at it as, there goes Donald Trump again. It seems like people are really taking it seriously this time because they realize he presents an existential problem not only to the United States of America, to the world, because if for some reason a whole lot of misled people decide that they are going to go again and elect a psychopath, then we will be in for quite an ordeal. And I think a lot of the media, a lot of the politicians are now and finally trying to mitigate that. Check this out. We'll then take it on the other side. I think it is both despicable and pathetic that Donald Trump is out appealing to a war criminal, Vladimir Putin, when he is a war criminal against not only the people of Ukraine, but against democracies around the world. His behavior is despicable and again, pathetic. This is the same Donald Trump and I remember uh, when we brought together countries who'd been attacked by Russia in misinformation. And we all gathered in Washington on the very day that Donald Trump met with Vladimir Putin in 2018 in Helsinki and was a total lapdog to Putin and basically sided with Putin over all of our American intelligence agencies. And it's the same Donald Trump that basically would not provide Ukraine with defensive weapons for years because he wanted to uh, extract a political promise from Zelensky to help him on his his uh, to get dirt on Biden. So, uh, you know, anyone that is defending Trump's recent activities of appealing to Putin, I, I don't know where you get off on, on that. And I just I just uh, my blood boils when I think about um uh, what Trump has done and a, a pattern that has continued literally for years. You know, Senator, now let's move stay to you. on this topic a minute, and I'll get you. I'll stay on this topic a minute. Uh, do you think it's been a mistake to overly censor Donald Trump and the and the stuff he's been saying? You know, earlier this week he also came out and admitted that yeah, I don't like NATO much. Um, even now, you know, where you just sit here and it was just you know hit me like a ton of bricks. NATO's been, this is the most effective NATO's looked uh, in a decade or more. And to just also trash NATO, a former U.S. president doing it over the last 70, literally the last 96 hours, you know, deplatforming him has sort of protected the public, right? Allows people to say, hey, no one cares about it. Because I understand people have compartmentalized him. You know, there's this idea that he could be incendiary. Um, but sometimes this is what happens when you try to censor. If you try to censor even the good stuff uh, and you think it's a good idea, are we inadvertently de-escalating uh, de uh, the threat that he really presents? Yep. Uh, Chuck, it's, it's, a, it's a very fair question. And I got to tell you, NATO a year ago when Biden came in was broken. Um, and, and the ability to put this coalition back together again in a united way when when you've got the Germans actually paying their fair share and taking on Nord Stream 2, that took work. And I, I, I don't know the answer to the question. I mean, I, I don't want Trump out there being able to violate the very standards of Twitter or, or Facebook. And I think we, they need some standards. Mm -hmm. um, and clearly we're not silencing him. He has an out outlet um, on some of these far right wing media yeah. where he's speaking to people that believe this garbage. But but when we're our, when the Ukrainian people are literally, as I believe, not just fighting for their freedom, but they are fighting on behalf of democracies across the world. And you got a former president of the United States uh, once again kowtowing to Putin and asking for you know, political dirt and undermining NATO. I, I, I never thought I'd, you know, I never thought I'd see this behavior and how you regulate or deal with that. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't. 
You know, I don't know. There's a lot of people in this country that are rightly outraged about a former German chancellor playing footsie with Putin. It's outrageous when a former German chancellor does it, uh, and it's outrageous when a former U.S. president does it. It is outrageous, 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 whoever does it. And you know what? It is great to see that both the senator and the host is actually calling out Donald Trump for the treasonous behavior that he's displaying, for the lack of patriotism, for the, I mean, it is amazing that we can sit back and have this guy here. There should be something one should be able to do about what he's doing because, again, it is a clear and present danger, but we'll see what happens going forward. We'll see what happens in the future. But, you know, uh, for the Senator Warner and for Chuck Todd really addressing uh, Donald Trump head on, I think it's a good thing for a change. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it in. Sorry, I I, I, I kind of screwed up there a bit. I was uh, trying to really get that quick donation into Brother Paul Fleming, Brother Paul Fleming, uh, uh, who's running, I think, doing that MS thing. Let's support our brother if you have the wherewithal to do so. Again, like I said, if you have the wherewithal to do so, let's support our brother uh, who is a part of our PDR posse. Anyway, um, look, guys, thank you so kindly for, uh, for being here. We, we continue here. Now, I want to, um, like I told all of you, I don't think the media does a, a really good job in, in presenting uh, the case. Uh, and I think one of the reasons that you'll find that Biden is down in the polls has a lot to do with how reporting is done, how horrendously bad uh, democratic propaganda is. I shouldn't call it propaganda, but... Uh, marketing is all those things so we are gonna if we want to have progressives in power we are gonna have to be the ones who stand up for ourselves and make sure that the job gets done because it is surely evident that these guys are very poor marketers how do you have a an exploding economy how do you have uh, more jobs than you know what to do with how can you have all of that going in your favor and you are still behind in the polls it makes absolutely no sense and what do they say to satisfy themselves oh well the all-fear election is always that way no it's not learn from history let's learn from history very very important okay the next video i'm going to show is president uh president biden doing the job i think he did a fairly good job with the speech let's go ahead and play that and then we'll take it on the other we'll we'll take it on the other side all right, let's see. Go ahead, El Senor Biden. In the March, our economy created, created 100,000 more jobs than had we previously had thought. That means that over the last three months, the economy has created more than a half million, more than 500,000 jobs a month. Over the course of my presidency, our recovery has now created 7.9 million jobs. More jobs created over the first 14 months of any presidency in any term ever. And that's striking. But what's even more striking is this. In March, the unemployment rate fell to 3.6%, down from 6.4% when I took office about 15 months ago. The fastest decline in unemployment to start a president's term ever recorded. In fact, there have been only three months in the last 50 years where the uh, unemployment rate in America is lower than it is now. And that means, what it means is clear, what is very clear, America is our back to work. And that's good news for millions of families who have a little more breathing room and the, and the dignity that comes from earning a paycheck, just the dignity of having a job. And more and more Americans get jobs as they do. It's going to help ease the supply pressures we've seen. And that's good news for fighting inflation. Is good news for our economy, and it means that our economy has gone from being on the mend to being on the move. You know, the American people, uh, I think they, uh, they're beginning to understand that this American Rescue Plan, and there's no reason why they should know the names of all these pieces of legislation that got passed. But the American Rescue Plan, with it, we were able to get Americans <coughs> vaccinated, schools opened, and businesses humming. A leading financial firm, Moody's, estimated that because of the rescue plan, four million more American jobs were created and unemployment is 2% lower than it would have been had we failed to move that legislation. 
Thanks to our infrastructure law, we have uh, more than 4,000 projects getting started this year, 4,000 in every single state in America, total of 4,000, and all 50 states rebuilding America. We're building a recovery worthy of American workers, strong and resilient. And we're going to be able to overcome the headwinds that it has of Delta, Omicron, and even war in Europe. Our policies are working, and we're getting results for the American people, which is what it's all about, to state the obvious. Record job creation, record unemployment declines, record wage gains. And by the way, jobs and unemployment are not just another statistic. They go directly to the core of what the economy represents, the ability for hardworking Americans to live with dignity, support their families, and build a better life for their children. People are making more money. They're finding better jobs. And after decades of being mistreated and paid too little, more and more American workers have real power now to get better wages and to do what's best for themselves and their families. Some people see that as a problem. We've had this discussion in the past. I don't. I see it as long overdue. So when you hear these numbers, they're not statistics. It's a statement of the type of economy we're fighting for. An economy, as I've been saying from the beginning, built from the bottom up and the middle out, not from the top down. When we do it that way, everybody does well. Everybody wins. Even though we created a record number of jobs, we know, I know, that this job is not finished. We need to do more to get prices under control. Putin's invasion of Ukraine has driven up gas prices and food prices all over the world. To help deal with that, yesterday I authorized the release of one million barrels per day for the next six months from our Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Acknowledge this by far is the largest release of our national reserves in our history. It is a wartime bridge, is the way I look at it, to increase our oil supply as we work with our oil, U.S. oil producers to ramp up their production to get us through this period. I've coordinated this release with partners and allies around the world. This morning, over 30 countries from across the world convened in an extraordinary meeting and agreed to the release of tens of millions of additional barrels of oil onto the market. Hundreds of hours of meetings with key allies, keeping them together, is paying off. Nations are coming together to deny Putin the ability to weaponize his energy resources against American families, not only American families, but families in Europe and around the world. I've also made it a priority to get America's fiscal house in order. Under my predecessor, the federal budget deficit went up every single year, every year. As I committed when I was running this and I got here, we're going to turn that around. In fact, last year, in 2021, we cut the federal deficit by more than $350 billion. And this year, in 2022, we're on track to cut the deficit by more than $1.3 trillion. $1.3 trillion. That would be the largest one-year reduction in a deficit in U.S. history. And it's particularly important now as we work to reduce pressures on inflation. That's what happens when you reduce the deficit. So here are the facts. It was the previous administration whose reckless policies and mismanagement led to the record budget deficits. In my administration, that's getting the deficit under control. In fact, I just released my budget this week, and it shows going forward we can cut the deficit by another $1 trillion over the next decade while still making prudent investments in economic growth and climate and other equitable economic decisions. But to do that, we have to be willing to do something previous administrations and Republicans today refuse to do. We need to make sure corporations and the super wealthy begin to pay their fair share. Here's one example. Right now, billionaires, and there's not a whole lot of them in the country, maybe I, I won't give a number because I don't know for sure, they, uh, they average less than 1%. But my point is billionaires pay an average rate of only 8% on their total income. A family led by a firefighter and a teacher can pay double that income tax rate, double what, it, what a billionaire pays, double the 8%. So my budget has a billionaire minimum tax, a 20% minimum tax that applies only to the top one one-hundredth of one per, one-hundredth of one percent of American households. Billionaire minimum tax is fair. And here's the deal. 
It raises $360 billion that can be used to lower costs for families and cut the deficit. It would add, it would, and I would add, nobody making less than four, you're tired of hearing me say it, but no one making less than $400,000 a year will pay a single penny more in federal taxes. And I've said in the past, I'm a capitalist. I have no problem with people making as much money as they are capable of making. But I'm asking you one simple question. Just pay your fair share. Pay your fair share, that's all. That's it. Just your fair share. And no one can argue that 20% for a billionaire is unfair. Here's what this adds up to. We're going to continue to create jobs, bring down the cost for families, and rein in deficits left by my predecessor. All important steps in our to continue our historic progress to build a better America. I said from the outset, we're the only country in the world that comes out of crises stronger than we went into them. That's what we're doing here. I want to thank you all for showing up today, and we'll have plenty of time to answer questions about other items other than the, the jobs report. Before I go into answering some of what you guys have put out there, because I really want to get to some of the stuff that you're talking about, you guys have so much material in the thread that needs to be uh, spoken about that it's like, oh my God. But don't forget, some of this stuff maybe should spill over into our uh, into our meetup tomorrow which is ask egberto anything tomorrow at 11 central so don't forget to go to politicsdoneright.com slash ask egberto and sign up for ask egberto anything uh, uh let me let me go ahead and put that link in there now uh sign up for ask egberto anything because we have a lot to talk about especially given some of the some of the information that i see in here so i'm going to put that link in here Ask Egberto. It is politicsunright.com slash ask Egberto. All right, I'm going to start from, from where I'm at in the, in, the, in the feed now and then go up. So some of your stuff is going to be old. Uh, older, not old, older. All right, I'm going to take care of the ones that I want to answer for and then I'll read the others. So here we go. The first one that I see that, that really touched me is uh, Bruce says, too much release. I think he means too much uh, oil was released from the strategic reserve. I disagree and I'll explain why. He says designed to get votes, not helping poor people. I don't care if it's designed to get votes. I want, if it's designed to get votes, do whatever is necessary to get votes right now. Because more, or an existential problem is for Trump to get back into office, for Republicans to get back into office. It's an existential problem for millions of Americans. So whatever is necessary to get votes, as long as it doesn't hurt somebody, I am with it but let me go to the science of the matter we created a strategic reserve so that whenever there is an issue we can actually solve uh, it can mitigate the issue now one can say that 1 million barrels of oil a day is not much when you look at uh, there being 80 or 90 million uh, barrels of oil that's put out there but I think if I if I understand his argument correctly it's not America is doing 1 million barrels a day and other countries have their strategic reserves open as well, which should put some more oil in the market. And he's doing this for 180 days, six months. The reserve has about 600, uh, 600 million uh, barrels, if I recall. If I remember from my calculations, it's about 600 million barrels. So he's using less than a third of the, uh, of the output if, I, if I'm doing my math correctly. And doing a third to get votes and a third to really mitigate certain things i am for that now um i would what i would do is i would have proven i think the oil companies have proven that they are clear and present danger to the average american citizen and i know that sounds dramatic that sounds drastic that sounds radical but the truth of the matter is oil is an essential is an essential product like water or anything else and what the oil company is doing by taking out that big chunk of money out of every single american it's not the government taxing it's a private company transferring billions upon billions of dollars because they can because they have pricing power even though there is no real absolute shortage of petroleum a shortage would be something like this let me give an example that we finally reached uh, uh what, what is it peak oil 
and oil is going to be on the decline going forward. But oil is one of those natural resources that we know is there. We want to get off of it, but we know it's there and there isn't a shortage. There may be a whole bunch in the ground right now that's untapped. But here's the issue. And he said it well in his speech. He said, this is just to hold us over till more production can get online. And yesterday he says, all you oil companies that are sitting your butts on all those available wells to pump that decide not to pump to keep the prices high, we're going to start taxing you on that. And here's the deal. I posted in my article yesterday where you have CEOs saying, we are not going to, we, we have the capacity to produce more, but we're not. We love the price of oil, even if it gets to $200 a barrel. I put that in the blog and I give the reference of which CEO actually said, even at $200 a barrel, they're not going to increase production. That is what's called pricing power, cornering the market and holding the American people hostage. That's what that is holding the American people hostage. So let's be very, very clear, brothers and sisters. I have no sympathy for the oil companies. I have no sympathy for the pharmaceutical companies. I think they all should be nationalized because again, these are critical resources that are life and death for Americans. We can go ahead and if an apple costs too much, we can eat a banana. If an avocado costs too much, we can eat a plantain. But if we don't have oil, we don't have heating, we don't have transportation, it is also something that they didn't create. So I want it nationalized. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell anybody that. And they can try to call me whatever item they want to identify. But I care more about the American people than from people who wants to, want to rip you off and take your hard-earned dollar and completely undeserving of taking your dollar supply and demand my you know what this isn't supply and demand this is evil okay there's another thing that i uh, uh inflation and foreign policy and domestic is how you have it egberto uh inflation again inflation isn't some this is not to eric inflation isn't a magical thing inflation is created by those who have the ability for pricing power now have you gone to a grocery store have you seen any shortages you may have shortages of spot items but there are no real shortages in america none but you know why you get the news media to go out there and say oh my god there is inflation and everybody jumps on the bandwagon and if you doubt it, watch the, watch the cheat sheets, watch the income statement, and watch the balance sheet in the next quarter. These guys are criminals, legal criminals. But what they're doing is they're, they're, they're simply, you know, they, when they talk about taxes, taking, uh, take, take transfer of wealth, the biggest form of wealth transfer in America doesn't go from we paying too much taxes the biggest source of wealth transfer come from the people with price and power suckering the rest of us into passing that money to them because they can we have an economic system that sanctions them to do that another thing that irks me is eric has a very childish very long thing and I'm going to read just a piece of it. It says, reality, whether you like it or not, products made from oil and natural gas. When you think about oil, there is probably one thing that immediately comes to mind. Motor oil for your car or lawnmower. And then you hear all, and he comes out with all these things that are made with oil, right? Guess what's the magical thing about that? I don't have a problem with having oil continue to be used in all those things. It's not burning the oil to put it into the atmosphere as carbon dioxide. That is how dense they are making the people on the right. They want to tell you, these people want to end oil. And if they end oil, we're not going to have rubber. If they end oil, we're not going to have all these, form these fertilizers and pharmaceuticals and all these things we're not going to have that are dependent on petroleum. It's a lie. We're talking about burning the oil for 
and throwing its waste up into the atmosphere. You can make whatever you want. You can make plastics. You can do all these things that's normally done with oil. We are not complaining about that. But by the way, it's all those things that you say are made with oil. Guess what? They can also be made with vegetable oil, right? So look, I am not saying, look, I'm not saying we're not going to use petroleum, but most of petroleum is used to burn. Most of petroleum is used to burn. And that's what we're talking about. So Mr. Hayes, that, that thing, that, that statement that you put there assumes that the person who is reading it is going to immediately make the equation that if you, if we don't get off of oil, if we get off of oil, all these products that we made, we can't make it anymore. It's a lie. They just think you're silly. And by you promoting it, you are playing into their hands. None of us who wants to stop burning oil say we want to stop using oil for things that aren't going to pollute the atmosphere. We didn't say that or the ground or whatever. So let's be clear here. That is a, that is a silly, silly piece right there. And it, it, it plays on people being less than smart. All right, let me continue. Oh, I just want to remind folks that Paul Fleming has a little donation link in, in here. Paul, you may want to throw the donation link in there again. I just went during the break and, and gave Paul a little something because it's for MS and we want to be supportive. All right, let's see what else we have here. Um, there's another message that I saw that I really wanted to tackle right away. But anyhow, let me go ahead and continue. Masticator said, this is the guy you leftists have put your hopes and faith. Whoa, maybe the alternate universe you all clearly live. He is not a... F I, that, that is kind of silly. Kind of silly, but it's okay. All right, federal debt held by public which stood at 100% of GDP at the end of fiscal year 2020 is projected to reach 102% GDP 2021. Dip slightly for a few years and then rise further. By 2031, debt could equal 107% of GDP, the highest in the nation's history. Much lower than what's in Japan. Much lower than all these other successful economies. And you know why? You don't understand in a, in a country with a sovereign currency that as long as people have faith in that you are a viable country, you produce, etc., that is not a problem. The problem is that that debt is a function of the type of economy we have. We could get rid of all that debt tomorrow if we wanted to. Without, uh, we could get rid of that debt tomorrow if we wanted to. Only problem about it is based on the way uh, the, 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 the people in the private sector work who, you know, it, it, it would really destroy the economy because of inflation, etc. But there's a lot of things they don't tell you, they don't teach you in business school that you have to get and learn. There's a lot of common sense things that you can get as well. Or if you can talk to uh, economists that aren't owned by the plutocracy, you can get a lot of this good information, folks. Carl Cox says, Egberto, have mega rich image corporations pay their fair share of taxes, eliminate corporate welfare. I agree. Masticator says, do whatever is necessary to get votes. Can I use the same strategy? Yes, you can. All, that's, that's the strategy you guys have always used. That, In fact, I've been trying to get Democrats to follow Republicans in that regard. You guys would say anything to get a vote and then you screw the American people. I want Democrats to say anything to get a vote and then support the American people. Get the difference? Melanie Keelan, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, is there anybody I haven't called out yet? Masticator, I think I called you out. E2247, Bleach MCP, Carl Cox, ABQ, Eric Hayes, Bruce Pollard, Carl Cox. Uh, I think I've called, let me see, uh, I'm going down the list to see if I need to call other people out. But welcome aboard Melanie Keelan. Folks, don't forget to uh, sign up for our Ask Egberto Anything tomorrow. Uh, Paul Fleming says, uh, Fred, I guess you didn't want the word, world to go from horse and buggies to car because gas was a nickel. <laughs> All right, let's see. Hi, folks. Chat working? Yes, Puffin, the chat is working. I'm reading it right now. Uh, replying to Eric Hayes. Eric, the pandemic by definition is worldwide. So no, it's not gone and or over. But it does show you have how well Biden's rescue plan really worked. Actually, it did. And because of mansion and cinema, a lot of kids that were brought out of poverty are back into poverty. 
because they are, con and especially now that they're continuing to allow the wealth transfer from the, uh, from the regular American citizen to the pharmaceuticals and the, in, and the energy companies. And I want anybody who has an alternative view where I, to what I'm saying and why I want pharmaceuticals and energy companies nationalized. Anybody who has a reason to tell me that's not a good thing, please let me know. If they were nationalized, the American people would not be losing their budgets right now at $4.75 gas when there is no gas shortage. Have you? By the way, with all this price increase and, and whatever, people are buying the same amount of gas. That's the other thing that I wanted to tell you. People have not reduced their, the, 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 the consumption of gas substantially. And there is still gas. That means there's no shortage. It's math. It is math. But, you know, uh, trying to tell that to some people who are, who really, really believe in the things they hear from the people who are screwing them royally is amazing. All right, let's continue, my dear brothers and sisters. Let's go to the other uh, piece here from Chuck Todd. And uh, uh, and then we'll take it on the other side because I think Chuck Todd did a very good job here. You know, for the longest time, Chuck Todd had been seemed to have had a problem when he brought Republican senators on or other Trump sycophants on to really get busy and take care of really querying them appropriately. Well, you know, he has so changed over the over the last several months, actually several years, and very often now. Uh, because I think they understand the existential nature of what's really going on in our society today. They're really putting the pressure on those who continue to support the sycophancy. I want you to listen to this and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side because it is quite prescient. I'm sorry, it comes across as almost a bit unpatriotic to ask literally the enemy of the free world right now for propaganda for a political opponent. I mean, it, it just seemed like a, a horrendous thing to do by the former president, no? L L Chuck, here's the reality. If, if, if um, Hunter Biden's name was Don Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, you guys would be treating the, the uh, war in, in Ukraine like no, it was what a about it? Enough of this. That is the la Senator, that is the laziest attack. It is it's, not it's about the media. Honest. It it's doesn't matter honest. about the media. Is it the right thing to do for the former president of the United States to ask an enemy of the free world to do this? Well, it's what the former president is doing is nothing compared to what the current president is doing in this circumstance. That's really the bigger issue. Donald Trump is Donald Trump. He hasn't changed. He's not going to change. It's more interesting to the Washington press corps than it is to the general public. Was it the wisest thing in the world to say? Perhaps not, but he's Donald Trump, and he says these things. And the reality is that Vladimir Putin is a war crime, a war criminal. I wouldn't trust anything that came out of it. If he had, if he had actual evidence that a crime was committed, if any of us had evidence that a crime was committed, we ought to present it. That's obvious. The problem is, to your point, the source would not be a trustworthy source, obviously. But once again, Donald Trump baited you all, and you all took the bait, and now we're having a, you know, now we're having a discussion about the Biden. Look, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to debate you about whether uh, Trump gets too much coverage or not enough. Right. <laughs> but he is the leader of your party, sir. At the end of the day, whether you like it or not, he's the leader of your party. Um, are, are you comfortable with the leader of your party playing footsie with Vladimir Putin? Well, here's what I know. Playing footsie with Vladimir Putin, the evidence that has come out of the recent investigation shows that there's evidence that Democrats fed information into the White House to, to plant false okay, evidence again, that he colluded does, with the does president. That make You're what never Donald interested Trump in those do? things. How does that make what Donald Trump is doing somehow better? Well, first of all, it, it doesn't necessarily make it better, but he's a former president. We have a current president who has called for regime changes in Russia. That's dangerous. We have a current president who says that sanctions are never intended or would never deter Vladimir Putin. We're all, all going, why did we issue sanctions then? And so, no, I'm way more concerned, and I think the American people are, with no. the current president and his behavior and, the, and the, really the lack of scrutiny of it compared to a former president who has a long history of saying sort of outrageous things, whether seriously or not seriously and being taken way 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 too 
it too seriously, frankly, by uh, a press corps that's all too anxious to jump on. Uh, on an interesting personality, to say the least. But well, I might also add, Chuck, that when Donald Trump was president, Russia didn't invade Ukraine. He's, the, Russia's invaded Ukraine yeah. only when the Bidens have either been vice president or president. So, um, you know, I kind of like that style of leadership. And by the way, the price of, he brought the price of oil and gas down by unleashing American I, innovation I, and energy. Again, uh, look, rationalize on that stuff. That's a political argument. That's fair. Again, working with the enemy seems to be a bridge too far. Senator Kevin Kramer, Republican from North Dakota. Appreciate you coming on. Working with the enemy seems like a bit a bridge too far. Working with the enemy. And then he goes ahead and he said, that is lazy thinking, Senator. I mean, when you see a Chuck Todd comes out and really digs into a senator like that, when normally we remember the days when he was usually very casual with any Republican that showed up onto his onto his program, he always tried to, I wouldn't say appease, but always try to find the, the false equivalence that we all know is never there. It is great to see that maybe they're noticing that they are a part, they were a part of the problem that created what Donald Trump was and in so doing now they're making sure to be a lot more a lot more not even handed but be but truthful and also calling out that which needs to be called out in this case I got to say again Chuck Todd good job absolutely good job on this one but anyhow uh, bridge yes that's exactly what happens in the mornings they get something known as their talking points it's a sheet several sheets sometimes that goes out and it, it, the party sends it out to all all over to supportive media to every politician they all get their their cheat sheet right it used to be done on paper now it's done otherwise so uh, all of that goes out early early in the morning and if you notice uh, if you notice they're always on message on Fox News and all the different places, they're always saying the same thing. You can't get Democrats to behave like that. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would be saying something. Ilan Omar would be saying something else. And so you, you are pulling in so many directions that the American population... And by the way, I don't have anything about against going in opposite directions like that because I think that's the reality, right? But that, that doesn't lend itself... It doesn't lend itself to a cohesive message that everybody kind of hyperventilates on but they, they get they get their papers every morning what needs to be said in fact i used to get on that little list i was on one of those lists that got you the talking points of the day i got a republican talking points for the day and and everybody starts saying the same thing and you, the, the thing about it is if you say it enough times it becomes the people who believe in that crap it becomes their reality Thank you very much, Paul Fleming, for reminding me that I didn't do my ass. Folks, if you are on YouTube right now, I want to ask you so kindly to click that up arrow and to get to that thumbs up to give us a, a thumbs up. Also, please consider clicking the join button. We are way, way, way behind in our support for this year. We are not on fumes. We are actually negative. So please support us by going to uh, by, by clicking that up, that, 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 that join button, that's one way to support us. There are a lot of other ways to support us. The preferred method to support us, of course, PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Uh, you can either do it one time or, or you can decide to do it on a recurring basis. Likewise, you can, if, you're, if you want to do it on YouTube, you can go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Alternatively, you can also go to politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Uh, our store has a whole lot of new stuff. Uh, we get a little bit percentage of whatever it is that you decide that you want to support us with by purchasing with our logo or shirts or all that good stuff or uh, hoodies like I have on right now, t-shirts, hats, all that good stuff. Uh, cups designed by Bridge MCP herself and I'm going to show you guys that in a minute in fact let me go ahead and put that on the screen because one of our beautiful supporters Alistair there she is with the, that that beautiful cup and it comes in many other colors if you don't like the green that Alistair chose you can get it black white red anything that you want to get it in uh, so you can go to politicsandright.com slash store for that politicsandright.com slash store as well you can get our books our books, politicsdoneright.com 
slash books. And at this point in time, it's time for my book, uh, Book Support. The Willies, as host of Politics Done Right, a progressive radio media show on Pacifica Networks, KPFT 90.1 FM Houston, that engages all ideologies. I found that our political angst isn't mostly ideological. There is a well-designed effort by many in power to control us. If we are at each other's throats, we are less likely to demand our economic and local wishes. In that light, I wrote three books. I wrote the first one titled, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, to describe the entire economy in a manner we can all understand. It highlights why it was designed to pill for most as it empowers a few, the chosen. The second book, titled, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, Take It to the Next Level. After understanding how the system pilfers, it is incumbent that we can speak to our peers to empower a change. The third book, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who Rigged It, gives us a place to land. After learning about our economy that is dysfunctional for most and learning how to engage the other side, we point out what would make an economy that works for all. Each book stands on its own, but together they provide the full picture. Please consider getting one or more. You will undoubtedly learn, be entertained, and help us continue the mission with our blogs, articles, videos, and books. Well, Bridge MCP wanted me to show you this picture. She just put it in the feed. That is a picture of, uh, of what we look like when we're here uh, uh, broadcasting both here and on air at KPFT. That's the studio where we have all the different computers that do different things, etc. That is a picture that I had on Facebook today that been that, you know that that she wanted me to show. There you go. A friend of mine came into town and she went ahead and took this picture while I didn't know she was doing the picture. So Bridge, you ask, we provide. Anyhow, let's get back to business, my brothers and my sisters. Um, I think I I missed this one here. Bingo! There we go. All right. Um, I have another video, but before I go with that video, let me see if there are other things that I need to answer real quick. Like, by the way, Egberto, how is the TikTok going? I did TikTok once. I have to reevaluate how to do it. I had 370 people watching live, but uh, there were, many of them wanted some interaction that I didn't know about how TikTok works. So. What I'm probably going to do, according to my daughter, is have a separate short politics done right for TikTok. Uh, because evidently, uh, you need to have some sort of an interaction with the people. So what I'll probably do is create a 15-minute program or something that I just talk to them, answer real quickly, and call it a day. Rocket science, eh, Egberto? Yeah, rocket science. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Um, para ver, para ver, para ver. Para Maywood says, yeah, that was Maywood asking... Uh, by the way, guys, go to, t go to TikTok. Look, look me up, Egberto. In fact, uh, I should have had that link in here for you so that you can go ahead and then show, uh, click on TikTok. I'll have it tomorrow. I'll have it in, in the chat in a little bit. Tell you what, let's go ahead and play my last video. My last video. And then we'll take it on the other side. This one is something that Tom Broca had to say. Tom Broca, you could see that he believes that uh, that Putin believed that Biden was was weak because he actually listened to the misinformation from uh, Fox News and the right, and in doing so, he calamitously invaded the Ukraine. And by doing so, by invading Ukraine, he actually showed the world how weak his army was. I mean, to win this war, he'll have to go ahead to scorch earth kind of a thing, which is very expensive, murderous, and all of that. He thought he was going to go in and win in four days because, again, listening to Fox News on being the president is weak and he wasn't going to be able to get all the nations together to put sanctions. He believed, he believed Fox News. So check out, uh, I, I, I found it amusing what Tom Broca had to say. So check this out, and then we'll take it on the El Otro Lado. The current state of, of Vladimir Putin reminds me of that famous line from boxer Mike Tyson. He said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Well, guess what? Who's getting punched in the mouth right now? From the beginning, Putin has been a warmonger with a sour face. He obviously thought he could run over Ukraine while President Biden was under constant attack 
by Fox News and ever more poisonous right-wing political organizations. Putin thought Ukraine's president was just a boy comedian. Well, President Biden and President Zelensky are not in hiding like Putin. They're taking him on, thank God. But the senseless death of brave Ukrainians, men and women and children, the destruction of a fragile Ukrainian economy, homes and jobs goes on. And for what in the final analysis? Where are the so-called smart men of Russia, the oligarchs who have gotten filthy rich because of Putin? The march of folly just goes on and on, and more people, tragically, will die as a result. And Joe, it's worth remembering, the night the Berlin Wall came down, one of the great, great moments in history, freeing all those people on the other side of the Iron Curtain, Vladimir Putin, was a KGB agent, and he has openly said that he wept that night, not out of celebration, but out of sorrow because of what was happening. He didn't want anybody in his country to be free to make decisions for themselves, and he has pursued that ever since. That tells you more than you need to know about it. I had several interviews with him, and he was never anything but cold-blooded, and never anything but a guy who was going to try to run the Russian, uh, all the parts of the Russia, in a way that he wanted to, which was as a KGB agent. And that is the that is who Donald Trump and his sycophants think is so strong, Mr. Putin. You remember how they used to talk about him on Fox News? This was a strong guy, man. This was a guy that deserves everything that, you know, I mean, it was amazing, the sycophancy that we had for El Señor uh, Putin, right? But guess what? It all came crashing down. It all came crashing down, and good, good, good for him. But anyhow, folks, uh, we are coming, let's see, we have about six more minutes left to go uh let me check on a few things here and see if i can follow a few things here para ver, para ver, para ver. okay great let's go ahead and start answering your questions again or making comments on your comments reptile eye so they say yeah i guess so let me go scroll up egberto where is the video you made i saw today that picture okay let's see what else we got here we got uh para ver. Paul Fleming said, awesome. Eric Hayes says, way, what, Maywood, hum, haven't noticed, my friends. Let's see, grocery store, more gas, more electric, more uh, shall I continue? And I w would bet that most here and beyond have noticed. I don't know what you're saying. I wasn't asking if prices went up. I was saying people are pretty much buying the same amount of food, which, which means they're going in debt. They're buying the same, the same amount of gas. They're buying the same amount of everything, right? That's what Americans are doing now. They're buying, again, this is simple math, Eric. This is important. And all of you that are listening both on, uh, later on on podcasts and otherwise, this is why it is so important for us to do our own thinking and not allow the mainstream media to do the thinking for you. Because they, allow, they are the ones who allow you to accept get in the shaft as corporations don't get the blame notice let's look at somebody like eric or others in the room who are defending private corporations and attacking the government right it isn't the government that set prices it's private corporations that set prices and if you believe in supply and demand you will only get price increases is if there's more demand than available supply now here is it again Again, uh, let, let's see at the end of the, uh, let me, let, let, I can give it to you right now. The, 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 but anyhow, let's go again, people. Remember, legal inflation, what I call legal inflation is inflation that's justified because there is so much demand for something, you have to decide how to send that out. And again, it's the people who have money. When there's a high demand for something, the people who have money are the ones who are going to be able to afford the, the change in price for the high demand, right? So listen to me closely, please. I beg of thee. Please listen here. This is important. Is there less supply? Yes. In, a, in several instances, there's less supply. But is there a shortage 
No. Is there enough for whatever Americans want to buy? To buy? Yes. Then a 7 point something percent inflation rate is not justified. It is pilfer. And why is it that most Americans don't understand that? Because the mainstream media is not telling you that private corporations are taking you to the cleaners. Just like they don't tell you, they, they make it seem like it is normal for a, a, a drug company to charge you $20,000 a month for a drug that costs $10 to make. We are, we are indoctrinated into certain beliefs. And then we live it out. And then we have the sycophants that are there to promote. The, the ones who least have the financial capability to promote what you're pushing, they'll be out there. You have a lot of people in Appalachia voting against their own interest. Why? Because the marketing capabilities of the right, of the plutocracy, of the corporatocracy is so good. And how can we mitigate that? We have to do it one person at a time, one show at a time, one episode at a time. And we have to keep going and going again. Because again, people, please, I, I beg of you to, to hear once again, there are no shortages. And because there are no, that supply chain crap that you hear about, go to your target. There are spot items that are not there. But for, but for things in general, it's there. No reason for this type of inflation on the products for which there is no shortage. But we allow them to take us to the cleaners. And we allow them to, uh, uh, we allow them to pay the government off to say, I mean, to, to pay the media off, to let them come out with a narrative that says, oh, we're in an inflationary period. No, this is a fraud. And until we get it, like, you know, like I said, when there, when, remember, remember those, most of you are probably too young for this. But in 1976, I think it was, 77, when there was real shortage, again, that shortage was manufactured as well by Saudi Arabia. It was the Israel, the Israel Arab war. And then they bought, they, they put an embargo on oil coming in. So in America, there really was a shortage of oil because we couldn't get the oil. But we don't have a shortage now. We are surrounded by oil. Even though they say, oh, well, we are X amount of million barrels less of oil a day. And look, look, we can turn spigots on right now and everybody knows it. And that's why CEOs are telling you straight up, we're not going to do anything about it. Let's see. Uh, let's see what... Uh, Please read quickly my comment and link. Let's see, where's your comment and link? Bridge says, Egberto Willis, why don't you play this support video? I like this one. Facebook.com support. Oh, okay. I tell you what, I can't play it right now, but I'll play it for tomorrow. Thank you for putting that in there. You know, you guys are the ones who tell me what to do and that's what I'll do. So the next time I'll do it. Egberto, you are bringing up extreme examples like 20,000 for pharmaceutical costs are so aggravated. Yes, but not the norm. It is the norm. I listen I have a wife with lupus and a daughter who has had two strokes and I see all between the two of them there are 12 different prescribed medication and those prescribed medications some of them cost $500 a month one of them costs $1300 a month and when she goes through uh, 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 cook rx or whatever that is called it suddenly goes from 1300 to $80 it's a racket it is a racket and you guys support, not you guys, I don't mean my, my posse. I mean those of you who defend the criminals that do these things. Support it. Look, I got to get out of here. I want to thank all of you for being wonderful people. Please continue to support Politics Done Right. The only way we are going to get people informed so that they can know these things that we talk about is for you to support us. So I want to ask you so kindly. Please remember to support us. I'm going to put the all-encompassing support link in there one more time. The, the one link that, uh, that has all the different methods to support us is politicsdoneright.com slash support. That has all the different ways you can support us. politicsdoneright.com slash support. We cannot do this without you. And America needs this. 
and many other small broadcasters, independent broadcasters like what we do. So please, please support politicsandright.com slash support. politicsandright.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.